Hello and welcome to Never Have I Ever Invested, a podcast brought to you by Make Impact, designed to help debunk and deconstruct your investment anxieties. Throughout this series, we will dismantle some of the dilemmas we face when starting to invest. With the help of various exciting, forward-thinking individuals, we will demystify the world of investing one topic at a time, helping you make the impact that you would like to leave on the world. This is the first series of three, um, and we're going to be focusing on investment stigmas. So today I'm with Rebecca Gustafsson. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. You're uh, no stranger to this as a fellow podcaster, but um, if you're able to introduce yourself... Yay, so excited and thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so I'm Rebecca, I'm 23 years old, so those one wondering about that. And yeah, my background is in digital management, that's my education. And I, for four years or so, worked within that field. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year, I decided that my dream was actually to be in the creative world. Mm-hmm. So I took a big jump and left my corporate job and have been freelancing and soloing ever since and are now kind of finding ways where I can just, you know, use my voice to create an impact and, Mm -hmm. you know, really speak up about the things that matter to me, whether that's podcasting or acting or doing Instagram live talks with Wend or etc. Just everything I can get my hands (laughs) on. I'm like, I love it in every way. And yeah, a fun fact about me, I would say that that is that I've been an elite swimmer for most of my life. And I fought for a long time that I was going to, you know, go to the Olympics and really just, you know, get a world record. And that was my dream. And yeah, it's not anymore, I can say. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, where would you situate yourself in the world of investment and kind of what is your familiarity with impact investing? So I started investing like when I was 16, 17. I always kind of grew up around it. But I wouldn't call myself a beginner, mm-hmm. but I would say that I'm not a person who spends a lot of time on doing it, but it's it's really something I find is interesting and for me it like really means freedom. So I, you know, really just, you know, set aside some money every single month and then keep on investing and find it really just interesting to do and is really something that means a lot to me. Yeah, I think it's two years ago I, I learned about impact investing where I actually made a podcast with Bowen, like the mm. founder of, of this company. And and we were just, you know, he introduced me to, to this subject and I was like, that is exactly what I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about investing as just an energy imprint. It's a part of me. So I'm looking to companies where those, you know, the ones that I can agree with in terms of values and in terms of working conditions and so on and I've been doing that ever since. I would not say I'm a beginner, but I'm perhaps in the middle. Definitely up there. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps not in, a pro, but in quite intermediate. In the, intermediate. <laughs> I would say that's kind of, of the way I w- would yeah say it. But this week I feel like we're discussing a very common obstacle which often stops new people taking that initial first step into the world of investing. Admittingly, this is one of the main things that definitely scared me away from partaking. And this is essentially the 
caricature of your typical investor. So as we've said before, the investment world can feel extremely daunting um, and stereotypes definitely play a big part in this. So consequently, it's quite an important topic and we really need to deconstruct and ultimately debunk these stereotypes um, as they are quite a big barrier to feeling confident when starting out. So today, Rebecca and I are looking at stigmas and stereotypes which often obscure and thwart our perceptions of the investment world. When we think of investing, we're automatically pushed towards this kind of like older male um, or some kind of, dare I say, ruthless Wolf of Wall Street character. What was your impression of investing and the investment world before you began? Yeah, so it was very much like this magical, mystical world to mm. me that I felt like I I couldn't have a seat at that table. Like I didn't get the right key or I didn't know get the right clothes and so on. I I very much felt like that was for a small privileged group. Like like you Definitely. said, the men, like the male one, the hedge funds, the people with the big money and you know I come from a middle class family luckily I grew up with a dad who's always invested my money so all my childhood money and like my childhood bank account all of the money was invested so through him I I saw that you know the investment world is perhaps not just for that selected group exactly but for more for everybody and he also installed in me like the courage to just do it for myself so when I was 18 I got access to my money and so I knew that and I knew that okay if I wanted to have more freedom in life I, I should just start investing so it was very much that I that I knew this world was quite selected and privileged and a little bit yeah out of this world but I also knew that if I had the courage to just step into it and not care so much about what everybody else was thinking I I might could do it myself. I feel like it's definitely an industry that kind of gets given a certain image whereas it's a lot more multifaceted and diverse than pop culture say gives it credit. For example I feel kind of embarrassed to um, admit this but at least when I was younger, I didn't really picture women within the that stereotype. Like, I would no, always think don't. of a white man. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's worth acknowledging that, like, yes, there may be disparities within the investment world. It would definitely be naive to pretend they didn't exist. However, this is not something that should stop people getting involved, especially when it comes to something that is, like, impact investing. Morgan Stanley study found that 84% of women compared to 67% of men are interested in sustainable investing, and many are trailblazers in the field. This is definitely not to discount men um, from the movement, but to kind of emphasise that it's not exclusively a man's world, nor is impact investing exclusively a realm for women. This is definitely an important point to focus on in the sense of um, kind of breaking down this gender separation uh, which kind of does exist within the current investment world. Um, So stick around. We'll be discussing Rebecca's experience in entering investment, um, including the stereotypes that you expected, debunked um, and was exposed to. So, how and when did you become interested in investing? 
Yeah, so I think I must have been around 16 or 17, I would say. I At around that point, I was very much interested in the business world and I wanted to become, I think her name was Angela Rarend and she was like the CEO of Burberry. So I wanted to mix <laughs> fashion and, and business. And, yeah. and at that point, like my dad started to tell me about like how my you know as I said before my childhood bank account how that was invested Mm -hmm. and that was a way of you know increasing your money and I also grew up around the uncle who's always been invested and is like living off it so he's very successful with what he do at that point Mm. Um, but yeah so I started to have an interest there because I could see the potential in having a lot more freedom in life and just knowing that if I put a little money aside every month to do an you know, to invest, I I might potentially be very good off when I was, you know, quite early age. And not that I fully kind of did the same thing every month, but <laughs> I, I would say that it's something that I always take with me. And whenever I have the money to do it, I do so. But yeah, I, I really started to see the potential in what investment could, could mean for somebody like me. And then later on with impact investing, how I could support companies and be a part of companies that are, you know, changing this world. So yeah, that was how I got interested. Um, Were you conscious of stereotypes um, when you first kind of like got involved? Obviously, you said that your um, uncle and father were kind of involved in it, but beyond them, and did this kind of hold you back in any way? Because obviously, initially, it was just in the family realm, but like going into it and doing your own investments, was there any apprehensions initially, at least? I would say that I I might not have been fully aware of them, but as you just heard, like the people I was going to for advice was men. Yeah. So I very much knew that this was a male thing. And I very much knew that I as a woman, you know, might not know very much about this. It's like... Yeah, it's very much as I see it now. I, I saw back then this like male figure, even though I was very early on all about female empowerment. Like mm. when it comes to money, like I always grew up with my dad taking care of dad, mm. my uncles and so on. So the picture also that I saw in movies and in society was all about the male character. So I was really aware that my role in this was not, you know, to take action. My role was to sit down and listen and go to the grown-ups and the men in the suits <laughs> to just get their advice and then listen to what they had to say which uh, hopefully I I learned along the way was yeah bollocks <laughs> <laughs> so and then when we're talking about stereotypes you kind of do you feel that it um materializes even in these like gender diversification there is like a certain image still of a um investor how would you say did you come across that when you started investing or like afterwards or do you still see it today yeah I would say I do that very much as I got older I became even more aware that that was mostly a a male world and and then I started you know also to see women but all the women that I saw was these women who was wearing suits and I wouldn't say they were looking like small men but they were like in their high heels their pencil skirt those Mm. really stereotyped business woman of sorts it wasn't the you know the hippie or the creative one or the the more relaxed girl or just a regular family mom who was doing the investing and I really couldn't see myself in any of the roles models I was you know prescribed to I I couldn't see myself and you know that really just made me aware that 
what we show in society and the story that we tell around investing is that it is solely, you know, for the business world. It's not from for the every girl, the 17-year-old girl that I was when I started. And yes, I had a dream at that point to get into business. But, you know, as I'm saying now, you know, I'm very much a creative. I'm very much not the typical businesswoman. <laughs> and I am very much investing. And, you know, that's just, to me, it's like we are showing a narrative that is very, very boxed and secluded. Mm. And that is something I think, yeah, if you get into investing, you will become very much aware of. And how would you say to kind of like overcome this culture and discourse of like corporate investing where it's exclusively in that field? Like it almost feels a bit gatekeeping. Yeah. How would you kind of say to like reassure yourself and keep steady in that environment and kind of overcome this culture of corporatism within investing? Yeah, so I think it very much come back to actually my swimming career. Mm. I I had a really, really incredible coach from a young age. I think I was 12 years old when he told me that I was my own boss in life. Mm. So if I wanted to win a gold medal, if I wanted to go to the Olympics, I needed to take, you know, be in charge of my own career. Mm. I needed to, you know, make my own path in life. And that was very much something that I took with me. So I actually just kind of, you know, secluded myself from all that noise and said, you know, there is a room for me in this world. I'm going to found my own path in life. And I'm very proactive as a person. So I'm not afraid to ask questions. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to just start and then see what happens. And I think that has helped me a lot to say, okay, I I can actually do this regardless of what other people are saying and I just need to start somewhere. And I think because I grew up with a positive narrative around investing, you know, my dad has really, course, you know, yeah. gained a lot of yeah. money because of it. I, I knew that that, you know, I always had that positive attitude towards it. So for me, it wasn't risky to do. It wasn't something that I was, you know, expecting to lose money or anything like that. So... I was just, you know, trying to stay on my own lane and say, okay, I'm my own boss and I can do this and then just not be afraid of failing. And you did it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> if we're like looking at why or where this kind of disparity or um, difference comes from, why do you think there is such a big disparity between men and women? And why do you think there is over-representation of men um, within investing? Yeah. I would say it's it's very much again back to the narrative that we are telling. I I was just a couple of weeks ago watching a series on HBO where like what they were portraying around investment banking and investing was this, you know, really hustle culture, this crazy hours, this like everybody in suits, male, like there was no, you know, there was almost no black people, almost no Asian people, no Indian people, like mm only like a couple of women and that is in I think this series was from 2020 like that is crazy (laughs) to me like that is the picture and because I think I've always been kind of a futurist so I've seen you know companies like Make Impact and I've seen the people who are walking forward and are doing the most innovative stuff so I was so surprised that that was still the narrative I was seeing but that just underlines the fact that there is this disparity, you know, between men and women, that it's still this male world where you almost as a woman kind of feel you have to fit into and are so afraid that you're going to make mistakes. And, you know, you really are tiptoeing around. And, and I think it's it really comes back to 
what story is that we are telling about investment and that is just still a very very white male dominated story yeah it's initially the rhetoric that and yeah. the discourse that needs to change yeah because if yeah. you keep saying it then it'll perpetuate it and kind of on the back of this like would you say that the sustainable sector is kind of dominated by women for example corporate social responsibility roles um, we do see a lot more women occupying those roles like kind of um would you say this is true um and like a growing trend per se yeah so i definitely you know i wouldn't say necessarily women are dominating that industry mm. but there is more women we see that i've myself worked in a csr field and there was more women than the normal investing area <laughs> i would say so um but i think it's also you know it's a trend we have at the moment people are looking to find ways where you know they can show how they care more and it's all about impact and creating change and you know change maker is very much a popular word today so i think it goes you know even beyond the gender and i think what makes it easier for women to perhaps be there is that that field has this more you know sense of caring it's more about feelings it's more about the heart and that perhaps doesn't speak a lot to the regular male and and that is more you know the female language and i think when we start to to speak another language like words have energy words have power so when we start to change that the words that we use and the pronouns and the synonyms and the adjectives we use around investing there is a more open and diverse space and you know that attracts women because it's in the, you know in the end it's all about caring and finding that you know that motherly energy and i think csr can can open up that feel for women i definitely agree with you in the sense that like there's kind of always been this kind of conception that altruism and monetary gain yeah are like mutually exclusive yeah. and can't go together and then this is kind of historically translated into gender differences within the sector as you said it's kind of to do with the fact that there's more career opportunities yeah um, it hasn't been highlighted as this like money making part of um, investing and it's definitely a more diverse workplace um, and that has caused for like historically more women to be involved in these roles yeah and if i can just add i think there's a whole thing about today that we are seeing a world where we are starting to ask questions like mm. we see this with you know racism and me too and so on like that we are starting to say okay we need to change the narratives that we have been used to historically and we need to start asking questions so in in this case we could be like okay so what is an investor what's a typical investor like how does that look like and then from there we say okay you know a typical investor is everybody it's the 17 year old girl that i was on the street it's the black woman it's the asian guy it's, it's everybody and every age like there's it's never too late to start investing and it's never too early to start investing and the momentum now like we are seeing a structural change within the investment world in yeah. general so and with younger generations becoming increasingly concerned about say the planet or other um sustainable issues um the demographic is certainly going to change and as money as, as we were talking yeah. about before about it being seen as mutually exclusive yeah. they are now recognizing that they go hand in hand and that generates profit within itself to be a sustainable company so i think yeah the demographic would definitely change 
Um, and it's interesting. We need to start asking these questions yeah. to see something happen. And the business world is changing. Like yeah. that the old narrative is very much kind of this old business paradigm where you said like it, the focus was solely money. Mm. And today we say, okay, like it's it's more about how can we create impact? How can we create change? And we can do that through our money. And then we use like money as a tool rather than money being the ultimate goals. And I'm also... I'm very much a person who focuses on the process rather than the result. Mm -hmm. So saying, okay, like for me, it's not about how, you know, how much money I will gain on the company. It's how much of a part I've, you know, how big of a part I am in changing the world and creating mm. a, you know, an impact. And, and you know, that I gain money on this is just a plus in the end. And when you're saying with um, making impact with investments, how do you kind of like combat issues that you're like concerned with in your investments say we're talking about changing the rhetoric and stuff how would you go about doing this um through investing yeah so i'm very much a an intuitive person and it's like it's it's probably sounds quite odd when i say i very much you know invest with my feelings and my <laughs> heart and i invest in things where i I can feel that I agree with their values. I can, you know, agree with what they're doing, the worth ethics and so on. And it's, I always look to, you know, I use social media a lot. I, I listen to YouTube. I listen to all these things to figure out about companies. I also like this one. I hear a lot of podcasts about it. And it's, mm. for me, it's also about using my network. I'm lucky to be in a network of incredible females who are, you know, doing incredible work and working, you know, having their own startups or know a lot about different companies who are pioneering the world and I put myself in a position where I'm surrounded by people who are very innovative and you know have the same values than me and are very like-minded and then you can then you know start asking questions to those people and be like okay so what companies are you looking to at the moment what is that you are interested in and I I ask around and I do my own research like I do a lot of googling honestly and mm. I find companies and I put those companies I have a list of the companies that I want to invest in and I kind of just yes yeah, survey them for a while then figure out when it's best to buy them and I just I trust my instincts and up until this day my instinct has been very well so <laughs> I am um, I keep like that's my formula and I keep going with it and it's just I also very much believe that you are kind of giving a part of yourself to that company and you are mm. giving kind of an energy imprint and if you stay positive in that way and know that what you, they are doing is actually really benefiting society and the world you are, you know, going to expect a positive outcome in the long run. It's mm. not, it, I never short, like, invest for, like, short-time games. I always invest for the long time. So it's way easier just to know that you will get a positive outcome. And would you say, like, it, within this process, as you said, that it's more of a long-term thing? Yeah. So your goal, say, isn't specific or as, so long as that you're generating positive social impact? Do your goals kind of change from investment to investment? Say that you find a new company and then you see that they're doing something that's like, wow, that's yeah. amazing. I didn't even know that companies were moving in that direction. Would you then focus on that? Like, how would you go about, is it like a static goal of just making positive change or are you looking at certain things? 
I'm very much always looking, I would say. I, I very not see this as a dynamic thing, as you said. Like, it's not that I have a set goal. Like, you know, my ultimate goal is, of course, to create more freedom for myself and, mm. and, and do that by investing in, in, in companies that I can agree with and can see myself in their values and so on. But it is that I... I always like are looking and keeping my eyes and ears open and when I see something that I'm interested in I want to make that work and then I say okay I always know you know when you reach that fair value and you are selling your your stocks and you are like okay what am I going to do next then you know I always have some company I want to invest in mm. I'm very much a person who are passionate about what you know others are doing and always look to what others are doing in terms of you know creating impact in this world and there is I think there's way more companies out there that people even realize that are doing good like just for example like I just recently invested in Bumble you know stocks oh, really? that's a, you know that is one of the few female like founders yeah. who are really creating yeah. a huge impact with this dating app and they are a company who really supports like you know assuring that women and just everybody is not you know sexually harassed on the app and are taking a lot of you know different stands on on important subjects and i'm lucky to know people who work there so i know from the inside how mm. cool of a company that is and it's just that i'm always looking to companies where I'm, i can support something that just makes you know set my soul on fire and feels really good to <laughs> know that my money goes towards that and they also just they have you know really really great resolve financially so it's it's a win-win situation in every way and when you're kind of like googling these companies how would you say like from a resource perspective like what did you use and like where to start if you're giving this advice to someone that kind of is doing some googling kind of saying but like beyond that how do they translate this into something of like an investment plan yeah I would say, honestly, the hardest part is the whole administrative part, mm. like setting up the account and figuring out, okay, if there's some stocks that I can, you know, buy through my banks, the other times I might need to create an account at something like Nornet or other types of investment sites. And like figuring out all that stuff is, is very much for me, something that was difficult. Mm. And I'm lucky to have a, you know, a dad, as I said earlier, who is an accountant also. So he knows a lot about that, but I've been in contact a lot with actually my financial advice or just like the woman at my bank that I go to <laughs> and you know I, I just I either mail her or contact her and say you know I want to invest money and it's it's in you know how do I set up a right account for that and and then she like sets up the account so I would actually just you know figure out what is the steps that I need to do in order to create that you know whole account situation create that portfolio and then from that say okay what is perhaps like five companies I want to to invest in and figure out five different ones because it's very much about creating a diverse portfolio mm. and I would say start by, you know, perhaps picking out two you feel very safe with and then have two you feel very passionate about and then okay. having one that's kind of the risky one and just then start from there. And then like what I do is now is, like I said earlier, I set a little money aside every month or like a percentage of my, my income every month. And then I just, I, I have a list because I'm always kind of hearing <laughs> companies or hearing about something to invest in. And then I just, you know invested it every month and it becomes a routine that I do it's not something at the beginning it was very much and kind of an active decisions but now it's just you know you just do it it's it's like it's it's like buying something online it's very easy and how would you kind of 
encourage other like-minded people to get into investing and kind of overcome the fears of the stereotypes that exist like like you said if it if it's like shopping I would love to get involved yeah <laughs> sounds very nice but it is like I, I see it very much as shopping today because this has become way easier than what it used to okay. I remember the first time I was like if you had to buy stocks outside of the Nordics it, you had to just either I had to call my like bank woman or I mm. had to go all the way somehow it was a very very different world than it is today and now I can like just go into my bank account and like log on my 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 bank and just you know search for for that like stocks I want to buy and then just buy them like just like I'm buying stuff online mm. and that makes it very much and also I can also sell them of course but that makes it very much easier for me to just do it and I think what keeps people from doing it and what my best advice is is just to you know get out of your own head and just figure out okay what is your intention with investing so are you doing it for I don't know the fun of it or like are you doing it because you want your have you know to secure your pension or do you mm. doing it because you want to buy a house in the future or have more freedom like figure out what intention that you're investing with because if you know your intention you can always come back to that and know mm. your purpose for what you're doing and that is something that at least very much motivates me when I find it difficult and I think oh it's annoying that I you know have to buy stocks and all that I'm like okay so my purpose is that I know that this is this is going to create more freedom for me and is something that I need to do in order to, you know, yeah, create more space in my, my future. And then it becomes a lot easier to, and then like not be afraid to ask questions. Like, you know, if somebody wants to reach out to me and ask about it, I'm always open and I'm, I've never been afraid to reach out to people and just say, you know, I can see that, you know, a lot about X, Y, and Z can you please tell me a little bit about what, I don't know, what it means to invest in this sort of stock or if there's something I need to be looking out for? And I don't know, use YouTube. Mm. I'm, you know, I'm a Gen Z. I YouTube everything. I'm the social media <laughs> geek. Like, I grew up with social media, so I YouTube stuff a lot. Like, you can YouTube how to invest money in, you know, for for your the type of bank you're in or the type of country you're in like and then just stick to that it's not like i think again the, the hardest part is the administrative stuff like figuring out with taxes and starting the account and so on but yeah you can always ask questions around it that is just one section of it though if yeah that makes sense like i never knew that you could you know youtube tutorial your way yeah. into investing so it definitely just needs to be destigmatized yeah um and it's not as complex as it seems and i really want to go back to that point that you were saying about how it's a lot more easier now to like use apps and stuff and that kind of kind of goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about in the whole um episode in the sense of the industry is changing and it's a lot more accessible um and we are going to see that change for sure And that's all we have time for today. Thank you, Rebecca, for joining me. Thank you much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, and I hope today has helped you guys deconstruct some of those caricatures that are keeping you away from investing. Um, and I will see you next time on Never Have I Ever Invested, where we will be discussing sustainability. What is it? Um, and how do we translate that into our everyday lives? So, yeah, see you later. Bye. Bye.